0: of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast, where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. My name is Quiz Master Lee, and as usual, I'm joined by a fellow master of the
1: quiz, Mark Davis. Hello, and how are you? Doing pretty well. How are you doing, bud? <clears throat> doing good, man. Not a bad little weekend. Uh, you know, good. True. Keeping yeah. busy? Hey, look, would I be me if I wasn't keeping busy? Actually, not very busy.
0: (laughs) Good. I was going to say, I hope you're also keeping a little relaxed, you know, just to balance things out.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was a busy week, but um, yesterday um, had a very, very intimate get-together for my birthday. Skylar uh, came and made some amazing food at my house uh, and ate that. Um, Mm. Got a, a hot stone massage slash pedicure um kind of laid around and just took it very very easy got some errands done etc so it was good yeah it was good what about you nice little end to your birthday week here absolutely yeah Yeah. nice soft landing
0: it was it was good uh i had some interesting things happen last this week at trivia which i'm going to tell you a story about once we get into our uh weekly wrap-up here Mm -hmm. how about we do that yeah sounds good okay quiz number 490 took place at pointy bell brewing company in fort myers now at this quiz i don't know if you've ever had anybody do this to you mark but has anybody ever asked you to read their custom questions as a question in the round like multiple like after you're done with your quiz can you read my questions because i just want to see if the room knows the answers to my questions happen i thought about it for a second i said 50 bucks (laughs) like i've got a thing going here you know but if you want to bring your questions in the mix we can talk we can talk here so uh don't do that folks you know arrive to play if you're if you're looking to host trivia you know we can help you out there we can tell you how to format your quiz and stuff and you know maybe talk to you about how to approach various venues and stuff but if there's already a quiz going on you know and it's, i don't i don't think she was messing around because she had the list i saw at her table she held them up like can you ask my questions and they were on the back of her answer sheet so there was actually a few questions
1: on there so this is i guess the trivia version of hey, can I play your guitar? Can I play a song with your band? Yes. Which is, <laughs> as any musician that. knows, a giant no-no. It's like, or you're playing and it's like, hey, can I play one of my songs? Like, absolutely not. Yeah. No.
0: And not the kind of no-no that we like around here.
1: Yeah, is exactly. Is this a... Uh, a usual is this a is this a no
0: never usual? never saw oh, no, before okay. but of course i invited them to uh listen to this week's episode of the podcast so huh? there you go <laughs> we'll see we'll see if they write hey, in or if they show up next lady time.
1: please don't do that yeah <laughs> I, I i tell i'm i'm asking you very kindly you know you can do your own trivia thing i i you know i, I respect Your desire to, you know, to see if people know what you know. Don't hate the player, hate the game. But that's not the right avenue. Yeah, just get your own trivia. (laughs) As far as
0: the quiz went, uh, it was pretty good. We saw Mally Rules maintaining a lead over the others in round one and two, but they were overtaken in round three by uh, Point Ebellion which was a super team consisting of members of You Smell Different When You're Awake and Body by Pastrami, two two groups of winners or previous uh, groups of knowers, biggest knowers, who were teaming up here, ending the quiz with 117 points, Mally Rules in second place with 112 points, and Lugalongs in third with 99 points. On Thursday night, we had quiz number 491 at Ollie's Pub Records and Beer in Cape Coral, which started with a tie between Peanut the Dog, alleged war criminal, and Just the Tips, tying for the lead. But ultimately, it would be As You Wish who would earn the victory. Ending the quiz with 118 points, Just the Tips in second with 109 points, and peanut the dog alleged war criminal in third with 76 points with this victory as you wish maintains their third position in overall wins at ollie's pub but enters second position on our overall winners leaderboard with 32 total wins and is currently placed in between the moist men at third with 31 wins and shiba inu illuminati who uh still has first place with 46 wins so there's a bit of a distance there but Mm. most of shiba inu has moved out of town so uh it's ripe for the taking basically as you wish uh they just need oh 12 more
1: victories now say fletcher and Kristen and jamie and seth and i got together and came to trivia and started using the name shiba inu illuminati is that allowed could we take up the torch uh, maybe with their written permission, but I'm going
0: to go ahead and, uh, you know, the names are actually, you're welcome to change the names. We have them sorted by league ID number, mm-hmm. so you would have to be using that league ID and, uh, I would probably check with them to make sure that you weren't just trying to, you know, take over their team and their, their, uh, previous history. Now I will say, Mark, you don't even need to resort to those, those levels that's beneath you actually because uh you guys are on the overall leaderboard at a very high position which i'm going to tell you as soon as the document loads here i'm just (laughs) trying as fast as i can to get it going the wet boys are only two victories behind as you wish right now with 30 wins
1: overall so they have 32 you have 30 how nuts is that we've been out of the game for for a minute now and we're still up there might have to might have to get the old troops back together i know we've we've talked a little bit about it we've We've kicked around the idea whenever uh, we're all available, but unfortunately we're such busy folks. Well, personally, I would love to
0: see it. Oh, I'd love to be there. And we were back at Pointy Bell Brewing Company on Saturday for quiz number 492, our Star Wars quiz. With prizes sponsored by Cool Comics and Games. Thanks again to Tom and the crew over there at Cool Comics for uh, providing a range of great prizes, including a Rogue One graphic novel adaptation, a Star Wars action figure for second place, and of course our grand prize for first place, a commemorative Jar Jar Binks automobile window decal. There you go. So you can ride with Jar Jar. And uh, we did have one team that, uh, that did take home that Jar Jar prize. Uh, we started with We Are the Droids You're Looking For, leading the first two rounds before they were overtaken by Obi-Wan Birnobi. Who ended the quiz in first place with 91 points? Droids in second with 83 points, and Al Bundy in third with 23 points. Okay, (laughs) he's showing up at the Star
1: Wars quiz. Al Bundy. I respect a team name that has absolutely nothing to do with a specialized quiz. (laughs) It's just like he went there thinking that this this isn't (laughs) the Married with Children quiz. Well, luckily for me, I know a hell of a lot about Star Wars. Force and Death Stars. Force (laughs) and Death Stars.
0: Mark, how did your teams
1: do at Trivia at Nice Guys Pizza this week? They did well. The first thing I want to mention is uh, my very, very dear friend, uh, James Robert Carmichael, came out and uh, had Greg make me a McRib pizza, which had pieces of rib. Um, manufactured rib, of course. Right, as a uh, uh, reconstituted custom. pork product, mm-hmm. um, with a delicious barbecue sauce, white onions, and housemade pickles.
0: Mm. It
1: was absolutely ridiculous. Every, I, I shared it with Greg and a bunch of other people, and everyone was talking about how good it is. So, hoping that they bring it back at some point. They don't have to have my name attributed to it. Well, the Mark Rib, I mean, that is, uh, it's right there for the taking. It's, yeah. I mean, but look, it's not what this is all about. This is all about the pizza being the main focus. You're here. modest. Uh, so it was very delicious. They sang Happy Birthday to me. It was my birthday on Wednesday, so it was it was very very nice, very very kind of them. Uh, the first round going to Ronald. Reagan's grave is a gender neutral bathroom with 18 points. Also taking the second round with 32 points. However, Fletcher, Kristen, and Jamie. Winning the round number three, the only fans of Mark Davis's only fans, winning with seventy-eight points. <laughs> Whiskey Tango. So the last question, I made it um, so you could score. You could um, wager up to forty-three points. I turned forty-three years old. Ah, uh, okay. And Whiskey Tango had a perfect last round, a hundred points. Maybe the first team to ever hit triple digits on my trivia. Hmm.
0: That is a very high score for your trivia. Yeah. Indeed. I refuse to believe that you're 43, by the way.
1: Yeah, I know. Barely. (laughs) I'm more like 34. Am I right? There you Uh, go. There
0: you go. Well, folks, if you missed it and you'd like to join us for trivia soon, Well, if you missed Mark's birthday, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. A little bit. If you want to join us for trivia soon, Wednesdays we're live at Pointy Bell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for a no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer and bonus prizes and to suggest categories for next week's quiz. And to enjoy tasty, tasty offerings from our weekly food vendor, come play our weekly quiz at Pointy Bell Brewing Company starting at 7.30 p.m every Wednesday Thursdays we're in Cape Coral at Ollie's Pub also at 7.30pm we hope you can join us there for opportunities to win
1: free cards (laughs) which can be
0: spent on records, beer, t-shirts, comic books and more, you can also suggest categories for each week's quiz at Ollie's Pub every Thursday at 7.30pm and of course every week In Cape Coral, you can play Mark's Trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom. That starts at 8 p.m. Nice Guys Pizza in Cape Coral or on Zoom at bit.ly slash Nice Guys Pizza Trivia. You can also check the show notes for a link to that quiz. Our next themed quiz is Friends Trivia at Pointy Bell Brewing Company on Saturday, March 25th at 6pm, so join us there to uh, show off your knowledge of the sitcom Friends, and please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit, and join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts streams, and events join us
1: I should also mention, I don't know if we are because we usually don't mention it with the uh, little thing there at the end of the uh, calendar, you can win a $25 bar tab Mm. at nice guys when you play if you win the third round they have stuff for the first and second rounds like shirts beers what nottery, but that third round the smorgasbord of prizes yeah for the uh the round prizes yeah mm-hmm. absolutely but that 25 dollars bar tab ooh, i'll buy you a pizza and a drink or two absolutely hell mm, yeah. yeah all right mark how about we take a little break let's do that and then i'm gonna counter that with coming back with our first round of trivia agreed deal. And we're back. Here's my first question for you. Michelle Robinson is the maiden name of which famous Michelle born in 1964? Hmm. Michelle Robinson. The maiden name of which famous Michelle born in in 1964? Well, I got to go with
0: uh, one of the first Michelles that come to mind. And I think that the, uh, I think the year lines up too. Michelle Obama. That's correct. All right, good job. The other Michelle I was thinking of was Michelle Visage from RuPaul's Drag Race. I was but thinking Michelle Pfeiffer might be a possibility oh, in there some you people's go. minds. Yeah, but yeah, in, in some people's dangerous minds. Oh, she was in that son movie. Of a you bitch. see. All right. My <laughs> my first question for you is a football question. Until the early '80s, former NFL running back Ed Smith was unaware that he was the model for the figure atop which prestigious football
1: award i'm going to guess because i know it's running back on top of the trophy i'm going to say it's got to be the heisman trophy that is also correct <laughs> Damn. Good job there. What if this episode was just forty five minutes long?
0: <laughs> I would love that as the editor. I would. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, let me I I,
0: th- I just found that to be kind of interesting. That he. I mean, I'm sure you could uh, write that to be a little bit more difficult by asking for his name mm-hmm. or or something along those lines. But for over fifty years, he was not aware that he was the the model for that figure. He he posed for it like uh, a local sculptor. I guess knew that he had played football. Um. So he ended up posing for the the trophy figure and then just uh was not made aware of it until
1: like 50 years later damn yeah well let's keep with a football question or okay. a sports question rather tom brady's retirement marks the last professional athlete drafted by which now defunct major league baseball team tom brady's retirement marks the last professional athlete drafted by what now defunct major league baseball team A lot of professional athletes, if you didn't know this, will play multiple sports and get drafted by different teams in case they decide. This was a big thing with, I think, John Elway when he was uh, getting, um, not John Elway. um, Who was it? Maybe it was. um, Oh, What's the one guy that played for the Bills? His name is escaping me. I'll think of it here in a second. The Bills. Whiskey uh, Tango would know. Yes. <laughs> she would. <laughs> or at um, least. But he was threatening to not play football mm-hmm. and to just play baseball instead if he got drafted because mm. he was so unhappy. Mm. Let me look up the story. It wasn't well, uh, Bo
0: uh, it wasn't Bo Jackson because he played
1: both, as mm-hmm. did Deion Sanders. Right. Now defunct baseball
0: team. I mean there are several Um, baseball having such a long history. I mean, there are probably more defunct baseball teams than more defunct professional teams in in any other sport. Um, I wonder if it's a a team that maybe changed their names, uh, you know, to, you know, remove any kind of insensitivity, cultural insensitivity from their brand. Mm -hmm. But, uh (sighs) Some of these, I don't know if they're still <laughs> like, did they, did they update their brand or <laughs> some of them I'm sure don't care. And they're just like going forward anyway, but I don't know if I've seen this team uh, in a while, this team name that I remember from my youth and uh, pretty stereotypical looking mascot. The Cleveland Indians
1: is going to be my answer. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Are they still a team? Yes. Okay. Uh, the correct answer is the Montreal Expos. Oh. The Montreal Expos. Yes. The Expos. Okay. Drafted him as a pitcher or catcher, I think. Um, is it, he American? Who Tom Brady? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he just went to play baseball in Canada?
1: No. I mean, when they draft you, they they just draft you based off of how – Good oh, yeah, you don't look. get a choice, huh? Yeah, no, no. So he just had to become Canadian for a little bit. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, they drafted him, but he was like, Culturally yeah, Canadian. well, hold off. I'm going to play football if I can. Oh, okay. So they, they still draft you, you know, because yeah. if, if something falls through in football or whatever and you decide to play baseball instead, they'll still try and draft I you. I see. As a matter of fact, I think there may be Tom Brady baseball cards out there, you know, because when they draft I had you, no like, idea oh. that he was uh, he was a baseball player, too. Um it was um it was John Elway who did not want to play for the Colts. Hated uh, Jim Ursay, the uh um the owner at the time and was like I'm not having this. I'm not I'm not going to do this. Well, speaking of sports, there's a hockey
0: team named the San Jose Sharks and this is not a question about them but about the animal sharks. And Jim Kelly by the way is the quarterback I was thinking of. Okay. Besides the aptly named River Shark, what other kind of shark can survive outside of a saltwater ecosystem and is known for its aggressive nature? Besides the aptly named River Shark, what other kind of shark can survive outside of a saltwater ecosystem and is known for its aggressive nature? And for anybody listening that wants to try and get cute with this and say, well, actually, there's a number of aquarium fish called sharks that all uh, can breathe in freshwater. I'm talking about sharks in the ocean, not aquarium fish here. Um, So, yeah, which kind of shark is that? It can survive outside of a saltwater ecosystem and is
1: known for its aggressive nature. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about sharks. I like that segue. Thank you. Thank you. I was
0: wondering if you were gonna comment on that. I was like, all All right. I was (laughs) I don't know if I
1: stuck the landing or not. You moved (laughs) quick. You moved quick. Um I remember, I think I remember hearing something about nurse sharks being able to do some wild stuff. I caught a nurse shark once. Let it go. Out on the pier or on a boat? On a bridge. On a bridge. We got well, a lot of water down. Tell you the Southwest story Florida. real quick. If Tim is listening, uh, I used to go. Uh, I used to go fishing with a friend of the podcast, Tim. He's been on. <clears throat> he has. Past guest. He'll be in town again. Well, while all these people are in town for this show, we need to just record like 15 episodes while Let's everyone's here. If they got just, the time. Just need to go. We just need to do some. I know you'll have plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Loads. I won't be tired. <laughs> Mark, At all. Mark is referring to uh, the
0: uh, local reunion show that Nice Guys is putting on for their 10th anniversary that has a bunch of uh, bands from this area reuniting and uh, it, it sold so quickly that they added a second night which also sold even quicker than mm-hmm. the first night and Mark is playing in like five bands on both nights so
1: five bands one night six bands the next yeah six bands the first night five bands the second
0: we are going to be here (laughs) to support mark in this time of trauma yeah
1: (laughs) i'll need people giving me like you know cold gatorade in between seriously seriously we
0: we we do we're gonna rally around our our dude here it's gonna be intense um but anyways, they're all coming into town for the show. They are. Tim, and so Tim, Tim and, and I
1: used to go. We would go and we'd listen to the strip club moms. And we would fish off of Big Carlos Pass on Fort Myers Beach. We would go and we'd net some bait fish. And we'd go throw a couple lady fish in, half a lady fish and fish for tarpon. And one day I brought my dad's old fishing pole and put a whole lady fish on it and threw it over the other side and just let it sit in there. And so we're fishing, and we kept getting bites. I don't think we ever caught a fucking thing. Um, We'd get, like, chunks taken out of these fish. But so one night he's like, I'm going to go down to 7-Eleven grab some drinks. Do you want anything? I was like, no, no, I'm good. He goes all the way down, and, like, as soon as he gets in his car and I see it drive off, I hear, (laughs) Now, I was up there with two other guys who were also fishing. Uh And thank God they were fucking there. So I like went and I turned off the little thing. I don't even know what it's called. The real? Yeah. Turned, like, locked the, the you know, Mm -hmm. flipped the real thing so it wasn't just letting out line. (laughs) Fucking set the hook on this motherfucker. And man, I was fighting for a little bit. And they had a light and they shone it down there. And it was like a seven foot nurse shark. And they were, I was like, well, what do I do? Because we didn't have a bridge gaff. So, if you don't know anything about fishing, usually when you're up somewhere high or even in a boat, you'll have like a gaff so you can hook it and pull it up without just using, you know, thin hands, line yeah. uh, or your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't have a bridge gaff. So, like, you can do one of two things you can cut it loose or you can walk it all the way down the bridge. and Mm -hmm. go around and get it and i was like well i'm not going to keep it Mm -hmm. you know i'm not going to eat the shark i don't like fish which is why i fish because i don't like them i'm just kidding (laughs) um so i was they were like well then just cut it so i just let it go there you go live to see another day i'm gonna say nurse shark
0: Mark, after all of that, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It's a bull shark.
1: Oh, a bull shark can
0: uh, can actually survive outside of a saltwater ecosystem. Known for its aggressive nature, it's believed that uh, bull sharks are responsible for most of the uh, shark attacks that occur on humans. Damn. And uh, also served as the inspiration for the shark in the novel and movie Jaws. Okay.
1: Ichthyology is the study of what kind of animal? Fish. that's correct (laughs) we just got done talking about it Mm -hmm. i thought it was a very uh funny question to have pop up yeah i'm sorry to if anybody needed to think about that for a
0: little (laughs) bit longer but i just had to go for it since we were just spending all this time talking about fishing yeah (laughs) all right my next question for you my friend is as follows it is a uh, question about nuclear power Uh oh nuclear power you know at no nonsense trivia we take all category requests And uh, try to write some good questions. This one, well, I was going to give you a little bit more info, but I think I'm just going to read it to you and see how you handle it. Here we go. In nuclear power, what is the term for an atomic form of an element that has a particular number of neutrons and therefore its own unique mass, which amends part of its name? In nuclear power, what is the term for an atomic form of an element having a particular number of neutrons and therefore its own unique mass? I have no idea.
1: A unique number of neutrons. neutrons. Neutron. Um, uh, I I don't know.
0: I don't even... Well consider the category You know I mean I'm sure you uh, yeah. Fission mm, No
1: <laughs> Fission
0: <laughs> as opposed to f- Fusion not correct yeah. uh, It is an isotope
1: Oh an isotope yeah, Okay. I know that word Is that the first round Uh Yeah that would be Yep
0: you did three and I did three There you go So that's our first round there uh, How about we take another short break Mmm unless you need a longer one no no a short break then Mm -hmm. and we'll be right back with our second round of questions I have a question for you about insects. Okay. Second only to the frog hopper insect in its achievement, what kind of wingless common insect can leap up to 50 times its body length? Flea. That's correct.
1: Very good. Sorry if anybody needed time to <laughs> suck that. <laughs> he
0: but. just knew it was that awesome bass player, Flea. <laughs> um, by the way, the, uh, the, uh, the Flea... That jumping ability—that's about the equivalent to an adult human jumping 250 feet vertically and 450 feet horizontally. Jesus, Christ. and they are not using muscles to do that. They have some other mechanism. I can't remember exactly what, but it's not a—it's uh, not a muscular jump. It's like uh, the way that a. Uh, a bow is released like a you know mm-hmm. from an archer has a bow and it, they use some kind of tension system to achieve this that is uh, not muscular in nature pretty That's interesting wild. so yeah the frog hopper insect can uh actually jump higher but um it does have wings i don't think the wings play into the jumping at all but if you if you say common wingless insect the flea is right there at the top there you go
1: Here's my first question for you in the second round. What video game company was named after a word used in the ancient board game Go, which means to hit a target in Japanese? What video game company was named after a word used in the ancient board game Go, which means to hit a target in Japanese? Hmm. To hit a target.
0: In Japanese. Um, Squaresoft. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Ubisoft. No, no, no. Uh, I don't think it's uh, Capcom. That is a Japanese company. I'm going to go with uh, one that's known for their famous cheat code. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, AB fart. Konami. Sorry, it's incorrect. What? Are you kidding me?
1: The correct answer is Atari. Atari. I spoke too soon. I, sh- I came up with that <laughs> clever
0: little joke in my mind, and I said, oh, I just gotta go for it for the joke. And I played
1: myself. <clears throat> you did. It's Atari. A okay. couple Atari. people guessing Sega. Mm. I don't know if anybody guessed Konami. That's a good guess, though. Okay. Yeah. Wrong though. <laughs> <laughs> incorrect, but good guess. Yeah. Uh, a question about
0: traffic for you, not the movie, but the, uh, the congestion, not the band either. The, uh, the, the congestion that we all hate when we're trying to, uh, get through our commutes or on our way, you know,
1: I, I guess I do hate traffic. Were you about to come out here and say that you enjoy traffic? So listen, as long as I've got time, Mm -hmm. I'm listening to a podcast, I'm in an air conditioned car. I'm, I'm in my own little bubble man i don't care now when I i'm trying like to get to work on time mm-hmm. it becomes more stressful but it's not the traffic's fault it's my job's fault for needing me there at a certain time
0: well i don't know your opinions on this this is a very controversial topic though amongst drivers uh merging here's my question what kind what kind of device <laughs> lends its name <laughs> To a time-saving technique recommended by traffic experts for safely merging. Zipper.
1: That's correct. (laughs) Now, let me, this is, that's going to be a first. That has to be a first. That's an early answer. That is an early, early answer. Yeah. Now, I'm just going to say, the reason I know this is because I know, if you know Lee and you know, (laughs) like I know Lee, there, there are maybe six, five people, four people maybe that know you. Kylie and me, John, Justin, Justin, that know you Mm -hmm. well enough to know your staunch beliefs in zipper merging. (laughs) I fucking
0: love a zipper merge. There's nothing more beautiful in this world. Almost nothing more beautiful in this
1: world. (laughs) And you know, I I think of you every day when I'm coming home because (laughs) I go whenever we're gonna go over the bridge the traffic always bottlenecks on the bridge. So we have a two lane bridge that goes into and out of Cape Coral to Fort Myers. If you're unfamiliar with Southwest Florida, I live in Cape Coral. Lee lives in Fort Myers. He lives very close by to where I work. So every day I get off of work at five o'clock, perfect time for coming home traffic. And it's always four lanes, three or four lanes merging into two. And every day, I think of you when I see people trying to not zipper merge mm-hmm. and trying to be, you know, merge warriors, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm driving
0: in multiple <laughs> lanes to prevent anybody from trying to drive around me. Everybody drives. It's good to drive defensively. Don't get me wrong. Defensive driving is the way that you should do it, but you can over defensively drive, especially when it comes to merging because some people think that it's like, it's a, who's got, who got here first type thing, but really, you're just supposed to like the teeth of a zipper, one after the other, just kind of file in and safely merge. And traffic experts agree here; it is it saves mm-hmm. time, it's safer. So uh, this is a bit of a PSA as a trivia question. <laughs> I mean, they asked for traffic; <sighs> I'm going to let them have oh, it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. you don't know what you're asking for here, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only only 43% of the teams got this right in the room, so less than half. So I, I definitely had some confused faces out there. There were some teams that answered turn signal, and uh, bless their hearts. Yes, a turn <laughs> signal is, is helpful and nice, but you don't need to use the turn signal to merge. You are entitled, as Eric pointed out, the definition of that word. You are entitled to a safe merge, even if you don't have your turn signal on. Yeah. You're supposed
1: to zipper in. It's all understood here. I'm getting into your lane. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. One Um, after the other. Zip in. Uh, Here is your next question. Fittingly meaning one who honors God, what is Reverend Lovejoy's first name in the Simpsons? Fittingly Mm. meaning one who honors God, what is Reverend Lovejoy's first name in the Simpsons? (sighs) Great
0: Simpsons question. Thank you. Fantastic. I mean, just asking about his first name. All right, that's kind of interesting. But with the definition and how it relates to the character, love it. Chef's kiss on that one. Thank you. Reverend Lovejoy. Homer. I'm disappointed in you, as is the Lord. (laughs) What is his name? His first name. Reverend. uh, Please rise. What's his name? Thomas Lovejoy. Curtis Lovejoy. Um, one who worships God, Thomas, John, Lovejoy, James, Lovejoy. I mean, it's got to be a biblical name. Hmm. Anchorite, Lovejoy. (laughs) Monk. Monkey, Lovejoy. Reverend Monkey, Lovejoy. Monkey. Uh, James, Thomas. I wonder I wonder if Seth knows this. I wonder if the hint if this is uh something that a uh, a Bible scholar I mean I know that Seth is you know he's I guess you would call it like scholar doesn't necessarily require an accreditation, right just means you study it right I think so yeah but I wonder if that hint is <laughs> enough for like a Bible scholar to get if you're not familiar with the show. I just want to reiterate great question. thank you I'm going to go with Thomas
1: you're so close a lot of a lot of theodore guesses mm-hmm. the correct answer is timothy.
0: timothy timothy
1: lovejoy oh man i thought that might be a shoe in for you i know that you're a simpsons fan but it is a little bit of a uh, you yeah know. they don't use his name too frequently on exactly. the show um they usually call him reverend reverend
0: or right. if he's not in the room they refer to him as reverend lovejoy right um that's good. I, yeah, I'm trying to work our way back or work my way back through uh, The Simpsons right now. Every about once a week, we'll throw on an episode and, uh, you know, watch it as a family. It's a good family show. The Absolutely. Simpsons. <laughs> um, it's just funny because when I was a kid, there was like, you know, the belief was The Simpsons is like, you know, not for kids and stuff like that. And it is kind of tame, you know, in comparison to a lot of the other content today.
1: But speaking of uh, not being family friendly, did you watch The Menu? Yes. I just watched it. Okay. watched it yesterday.
0: Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. <clears throat> I Better thought, than most
1: movies. Not my favorite, but I, I enjoyed it. And Let me ask you a yeah. question. Would you describe that movie as a dark comedy? Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't really... I mean, I guess I get it. It's very dry. It is extremely dry. So
0: for an example of how this is a dry, dark comedy just the inclusion of the um, the plated dishes with the treatment from like Top Chef where they have the right, name of yeah. the dish and stuff, that is like satirical and farcical in the movie as right. a format. So that's the level of dryness I'm talking about for this to be a dark comedy yeah. because it does not have a lot of jokes in it.
1: Right, yeah. Because I, I guess when they showed some of the plates and it was mm. just, you know, it would say like, uh, you know, extra meat or, you know, whatever, like, yeah, the name of was the plate the that was kind of the menu item funny, mm-hmm. but, uh, and I yeah. think
0: I'm, you know, not really a spoiler here, but kind of, but not really the movie ends on a visual gag. Yeah. yeah and that's very dark, but also it is a visual gag. So I would, I would call that a dark comedy, but, um, it's not as obviously a dark comedy as say the big Lebowski. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, Okay. Anyways,
1: yeah. Whose Good question?
0: Movie. Yours. Oh, okay. My last question for you is a history question. Hmm. Which global conflict began in 1756, primarily between Great Britain and France, but was fought in Europe, the Americas, and the South South Pacific before its conclusion in 1763? Which global conflict began in 1756? primarily between Great Britain and France fought in Europe, the Americas and the South Pacific before concluding in 1763, 1756
1: to 1763. Mm. -hmm. I don't know. Don't know much about this stuff. I want to God. I wish I had it in me to listen to hardcore history. It's so good, but it's so much. Yeah. Love George Carlin.
0: Just kidding. Dan Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> um, they would have a fun podcast together. Those two. Dan Carlin getting all deep on history. George Carlin. And George Carlin like, just commenting. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, the Carlin cast. 56 to 63. Is it the seven years war? Is that your answer?
0: Yeah. That is correct. Congratulations. Mark, you did it. Many overlooked it. I included both of those dates there, so you could simply do the math. And many, uh, many teams wrote down the French and Indian War, which did occur uh, concurrently with the Seven Years' War, but did not last for seven years as and the Seven Years' War did. involve other
1: places, I'm guessing. Yes, it did not. Oh, oh my well God. Done. Well done. I cannot believe that. I was like, well, that's seven years. Isn't there a war called the seven years war? What percentage of your teams got that? Well, Mark, you did better than uh, one third. Okay. No, two thirds. Two thirds. Yeah. Only one third of the room got that right. I 33%. We'll take it. Here's your last question for me in this round. The dish cordon bleu translates to what in English? The dish cordon bleu Mm -hmm. translates to what from French? To English.
0: I mean, what is blue? Yeah, I thought it was blue. And cordon, I mean, it's a uh, cordon blue is, is. What is cordon blue? I don't even know what cordon blue is. Oh. Is it (coughs) chicken that's been stuffed with ham? Yes. It is? I will tell you that is what it is. (sighs) Man, I was like, I know chicken's wrapped around something, and I think it's ham. Okay. Cordon
1: Bleu. Hmm. And then breaded and pan fried. Mm Hmm. Cordon. And there's cheese in there too. And that's the
0: part that you don't like. Correct. Do you uh
1: do you like cordon bleu otherwise or is it just the cheese? I would eat chicken with ham in it. Yeah. And and breaded and fried, absolutely. Cheese, not interesting. If the cheese is in there already, are you eating it or you know, I'd probably prefer not to. You're at a party. It's out on the plate. Are you going for something else? No. Yeah, I'm going right. for something else. Okay. I might try and eat like half of it <laughs> without cheese on it. Fair enough. I guess it would also kind of depend on the cheese. If it's mozzarella, absolutely. If it's American, if there's nothing else, I'll probably eat it. They wouldn't um, make it with American cheese, would they? French cheese. Hmm. Seems like it spits, it spits in the face of mother. It's probably false. like a
0: gruyere or something. Ugh, you know? I yeah, don't know. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Uh, cordon brie. blue. Stuffed chicken is my answer. It's incorrect.
1: I mean, you were right that blue is blue. Oh, okay. Blue chicken. Incorrect. Okay. The correct answer is blue ribbon. Oh, like
0: it's of such a nice quality that it earns the blue ribbon.
1: Very nice, as Borat <laughs> <Warhead> would say. <laughs> yeah. God, God on blue. <laughs> His chicken is very nice.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for uh, enlightening me on that. That's there good you to go. know. That motherfucker won an
1: award, probably. Mm-hmm. That's what that's about.
0: Okay. Let's okay. take another break. Okay. And uh, no rate my question this week. Let's just go ahead and get into our final questions when we get back.
1: Oh. And we are back Lee it is time For your last Question Of the day Loperamide is a medicine that is used to treat which condition? Loperamide, that's L O P E R A M I D E. Loperamide is a medicine that is used to treat which condition? Hmm.
0: Don't know anything about Leperamide. I do find that uh, pharmacy questions, I don't know if it's just our area here in Southwest Florida, but pretty popular request. Um, We do have a population here of more of an advanced age. So our healthcare industry is buck wild down here Mm. in Southwest Florida. But yeah, popular category. I don't know anything about Leperamide. It could be anything. Um, You said condition?
1: Yeah. I will say it is listed on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines.
0: Hmm.
1: The World Health Organization.
0: Well, there's uh, something that's you know, not very prevalent here in the States, but is a uh, worldwide concern. And maybe, maybe that's uh, why I don't recognize it. Cause, um, you know, it's not something that, uh, we're thinking about here every day. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's malaria. Maybe this is an
1: anti-malaria drug. Before um, you guess that, I'll give you one more okay. little piece of information. <laughs> sure. I'm not saying that's wrong. Mm-hmm. In 2020, it was the three hundred and thirtieth most commonly prescribed medications in the United States with more than seven hundred thousand prescriptions. Mm. These okay. are good pieces of information. I put I should have put in the original question. Yeah.
0: I mean, that is that is definitely guiding me a little bit away from uh for malaria. I mean, there are, there's no doubt malaria cases in the United States. 700,000.
1: Let me try and rewrite this question on the fly then. Sure. Listed on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines and the 330th most commonly prescribed medication in the United States as of 2022, or 2020, loperamide is a medicine that treats what condition? You look like a little kid who had done bad. You were looking down at your <laughs> looking at least shrunken in his chair, picking at his thumb. Yeah, I did just. Definitely. <laughs> just I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble.
0: <laughs> Leave it a bad, bad thing. Um, Yeah, I'm just, I'm just sussing in my mind. I shouldn't be doing this here on, you know, on the podcast. It's, okay. it's hey, an audio buddy. format should be sussing out loud, it's okay. but I was just going over what I was going to say here. Um, 700,000. Oh, man. What condition? So I I don't think it's malaria. I just, that seems like a high number for the United States. But maybe it is a condition that only affects a certain population and a certain number of that population. Um, I'm thinking maybe it's sickle cell anemia which is more prevalent in African-Americans. I think maybe only, only um, um, existing in the African-American population. I could be wrong about that, but I know that that is uh, 700,000. Obviously there's way more African-Americans than 700,000, but only a certain number of people are getting it. And, it's one of those things that's like kind of rare, but it affects a lot of people at the same time. I'm going to go with sickle cell anemia. Sorry, that's incorrect. The correct answer
1: is a little bit more right at home, maybe sometimes. Hmm. Diarrhea is the correct answer. Oh, really? Diarrhea, yes. It is basically a modium.
0: Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That is close to home. I should have read the box a little bit closer. <laughs> All right, Well, pyramid. Okay, well now I know. Yeah. That's
1: and that, we that, that extends baby. outside of the pharmacy. I think that's just uh, you know. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of interesting to me see that that it had been prescribed, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, like over the or like you know, like prescription strength. Lepiramide. Yeah,
0: I know that that is actually like a rather uh, more common than you think type of death. People can die from diarrhea in uh, in certain si- situations and stuff, because uh, I think it dehydrates you and oh, absolutely. cause all sorts of other things. Yeah,
1: when like little kids so, get sick and they get diarrhea, they'll always put them on an IV. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, treatment should be avoided in the presence of high fever or if the stool is bloody, by the way. Gotcha. All right. Well,
0: I'm going to close things out here with a philosophy question for you. Okay. Known for his dystopian and utopian fiction, which British author wrote about his mind opening experiences with mescaline in 1954's The Doors of Perception, the book from which the psychedelic rock band The Doors took their name. Known for his dystopian and utopian fiction, which British author wrote about his mind-opening experiences with Mescaline in 1954's The Doors of Perception, the book from which the psychedelic rock band The Doors took their name?
1: What a great question. Thank you. Love it when a question like teaches you stuff. I think that might be something that I knew at some point, but sometimes you're just getting retaught.
0: Have you seen Oliver Stone's
1: The Doors? Yeah. I think they have a scene
0: talking about this, you know, where they're Jim and the uh, actor. Well, the actor that plays Jim and the actor that plays Ray. Well, the characters, Jim and Ray, in this story are on the beach and Jim is talking about this book. On mescaline? Mm -hmm. Never taken mescaline. You can read all about it in this book. If you can't or find I take mescaline, <laughs> yeah. Or you could just, yeah.
1: Um. Hmm. Philosophy.
0: British existentialism, specifically. That's kind of uh, what kind of thoughts and writings were put into this book while he was on mescaline. You said British. British, known for his utopian and, and dystopian, dystopian fiction. But this is uh clearly a nonfiction book based on his own
1: experiences. Um I keep thinking of I'm just thinking of different philosophers and and writers, but they're all sounding decidedly not British. Carl Jung. Schopenhauer. Um, these Germans and Austrians. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good British name. Freud? But he was more into psychology. Oh, Lee, you got me here.
0: Um, I mean, to be honest, you're naming all these people known for their philosophy, not for their uh, utopian and dystopian fiction. I mean, yeah. that's, that's really what this person is known for. They just happened to write a philosophy book Uh, after tripping on Mescaline.
1: Oh, who wrote, uh, who wrote 1984? George Orwell. I'm going to say George Orwell.
0: No, Mark, I'm sorry. Very close. Um, I'm looking for somebody who wrote a brave new world and Island. Aldous Huxley. That's right. Aldous Huxley is the correct answer there.
1: Damn. Yep. Okay. That's very yeah.
0: interesting. The Doors of Perception uh being the book.
1: Okay. That described
0: his experience and inspired the band to have their uh their name be the Doors.
1: That's good. That's good. Good band Thanks. name. God, I I don't know if I have ever talked about it on the uh on the podcast before, but the you know, lately, you know, kind of like the uh the uh effect of stuff just popping up all the time, Bader-Meinhof effect. Mhm. Uh Cream, the band cream has been coming up a lot in my life lately okay and uh i love everything around me yes i love referring to them as the cream mm. which is how they were originally known do you know how they got that name the cream rises to the top and well, they, were, they were considered the cream of the crop yeah. they were ginger baker was one of the best jazz mm-hmm. and, you know come rock drummers Jack Bruce, an exceptionally talented bassist, and of course Eric Clapton, they were like a super group. So they, everybody called them like the cream of the crop. So they were originally titled The Cream. And I was looking at a an interview with, um, like, you know, like a written interview where someone asked "Um, Jimi Hendrix's favorite bands. And he was like, blah, 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 this band, The Cream. And I was like, yes. And at some point there, it got shortened to just Cream, which is fine, but I uh I love, love, love when people call them the cream. Yeah, and you're free to take Thank that, you. folks. Do it. Yeah, please. Everybody Stop. start referring to them as the cream. Mm-hmm. Who does that song uh oh, White Room? Oh, that's the cream. Yep. See how much cooler that sounds?
0: But don't say that to uh Deftones or Pixies or Talking Heads <laughs> because they will get very mad. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't know if uh I don't know. Some bands are very particular about that. They are. I know Pixies are. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's hard. I think we referred to Pixies as the Pixies once on here. I'm sure. And Manu reached out and was like, hey, guys, uh, (laughs) notice you you said the Pixies.
1: What's up with that? Kim Deal showed up at my house.
0: (laughs) 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 Mark. Breeders. Thanks for uh, joining me for a lovely episode here. Another lovely episode. Thank you. Of the no-no. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please join us for a new episode every week by subscribing to the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can support The No-No in several ways, the easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. You could also leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform, and you can support the podcast on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com,
1: clicking the support link at the top. That will take you to our Patreon page. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us out with a show, including a big thanks to our que- his daddies, Sam Spencer, Blake, aka Motor Liquor, Brandon Long, adam Volk at ESMA and Red Crest Kitchen, Tim, Pat's Garden Service, Tommy, and Gil. It's, it's Gil. Gil. Our team captains Hayden, Matt, Mo, Rick G, skyler Kristen, Fletcher, Lydia, OG Aaron, and DHX3. Thanks to our proverbial light keepers, including our new proverbial lightkeeper, keeper, Clay, who is upgraded from a Rumpel snailskin to proverbial lightkeeper keeper to get that sweet, sweet bonus. Uh, Marit, JB, Paul, James, Josh, Cameron, Stephen Day, Cy, Caitlin, Mike, K, Adam, Cole, baby, Frank, Trent, Grant, Rob, Captain, Nick Williams, Kate, rachel moo tim gomez aka mapy 1984 lucas carly sarah cooper matthew spencer lisa ryan adam john lewis Nabil, ricky f justin p justin philosophy and justin m justin mescaline and thanks to our rumpel snailskins nora joe hallgast mark with a c bill seth littlest of lambs Aunt kiki ian andrea aleo tim binsky nathan Issa, kara megan christopher brandon ed dylan sarah fox and five laurel aaron h-bomb Lauren, congratulations on passing your T's exam. Congratulations! She is going to nursing school ladies and gentlemen. Woo. MJ, Steven, Kenya, Dallas and all my favorite things from the screen. Allison, Paige, Kevin, Sarah, Alex, and Mike J. Wow! Thank you everyone.
0: God damn. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question. Or rate us with a write my question. Or if you just have a missed correction or even a little no-no. Teeny tiny. NoNonsenseTrivia at gmail.com is the email address, or you can call us at 1-929-356-6966. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, at No-Nonsense Trivia, and on Twitter at no
1: Trivia. Do you want to hang out with us throughout the week? We have a Discord channel you can join. Just check the show notes for that. We also have a Facebook group. The link for that is also in the show notes. Or... You can just go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And finally, don't forget to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service. Five Five stars only, only, please. Until next time, No Nonsense listeners. Have a great week.